to our first NSB podcast. With me is Paul. Good morning, good morning. Yep, good to see you, Paul. Glad you're here. And Joel Kobosh, how morning. you doing, sir? Doing well. How is um, baby life going? It's going well. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> That's good. Good. Yeah, it's fun. It does change your life, but it's it's definitely for the better. Absolutely. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, it's a good day. God is good. Yes, absolutely. Well, today we're um, we're actually going to have a, a discussion on yesterday's uh, sermon, and we were in Joel chapter two, and Joel is uh, writing um, a message. Um, he's talking about a day of judgment, and he's calling for uh, the people to return to the Lord. So um, let's talk about that. What, what did what kind of stood out to us, and um, what's kind of our response? What, what do you what did you guys take away from it? I think the most uh, impacting part of the sermon to me was you see this judgment, and then when when we when we finally did get down to that, the yet even now declares the Lord, and it it just walks us through the character of who God is. And I think that was that was really powerful to see to see the character of God. He's gracious and mercy. And and when you brought in that the Jonah aspect of the, people knew this was this was the character of God. Jonah knew this is who God was, and that's why he didn't want to go because he knew God was gracious, and he didn't want him to show grace. And it was just pretty interesting to to see the the character of God and how powerful that is. Yes, it's 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 interesting to think of the fact that even when when we're in darkness and and we're in and things are falling apart around us, sometimes we don't want to be rescued, or sometimes we especially don't want the person we're having a fight with to be rescued, or that we're angry at. I thought it was good. I thought you were in dangerous territory when you started talking about repenting and and gloominess and all that. Uh, and Mother's Day, but then you said, well, God is like a good mom. That was very, very good. And you went on to describe characteristics of a good mom as you talked about your mom. Because that is, that is what it is. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was pretty good, too, to, to hear that, to, how you incorporated both Mother's Day and a passage in Joel. It's, it wasn't like you veered away from the passage. It was clearly there, you know, that was, and, and how you just said, God is perfect he's the he's a perfect we we value our moms but god is even more perfect than our perfect mom that we think is perfect i find it astounding that god is consistent throughout the ages right and he consistently says right pastor luke that from 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 the day day one he keeps saying i'm a god of mercy when i say day one day one of israel's life in exodus when they when they when they when they rebelled against them while Moses was on the mountain, he uh, he came down hard on them and killed a bunch of people, right? And then Moses went back up the mountain, and God said to him, as he gave him the second set of the Ten Commandments, he said what uh, Joel said, he said what Jonah said, right? He said, I'm a God of mercy. Yeah, that's, um, I think it's Exodus 34, it's Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So, yeah, I mean, these are, these are characteristics of, of, of God. And this is the God who's calling his people to return to him. And we see over and over again throughout the scripture, the graciousness of God, the mercy of God, 
the love of God, the the kindness of God, even even in the face of our sin, that if we we'll, if we turn back to Him, God is gracious and forgiving, and, and that's a that's a timeless message. So when I mean, you read a, a text like Joel, and I, I don't know that that's like your go-to, like when people are like like looking for like when they're they're studying the Bible or they're you know looking for comforting scripture or you know I don't know that Joel is one of the most familiar parts of the Bible in fact I would go out on a limb and say it's not would you agree with that 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 <laughs> you know, familiarity with the the minor and I I even say for myself I mean it, I I can't say that I've I mean I haven't spent a whole lot of time camped out in the minor prophets I mean I just um well it's depressing it's depressing to read I've been reading it ever since I was a kid and and Still, after 73 years, I find it very depressing to read about all these things are going to happen, all this judgment, and I forget what God is saying. And and I need to read the depressing stuff because, you know, our, my life isn't perfect. I don't know about you guys, but there's there's clouds and darkness in my life. Yeah. And there's ninja warriors the climbing, scaling the walls and they're coming in and, and, and destroying things. Yeah, I think one of the... I don't know if it's a conflicting thing, but we see in this passage is when you see the judgment of God, we tend to, I think we naturally are like, how, what kind of a God is that? Why does God always have to bring judgment? And I don't know if maybe you could speak to this a little bit, but how, how, how do we, how do we wrestle with the idea of God as a judging God, but he's also supposed to be this loving and merciful God. Yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that sort of thing because i think that's a, a difficult thing for us to understand a little bit it seems contradictory almost it is it is a, it is a attention at least right between right. judgment and love or is it right. well i mean you know god is 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 holy and god has given us his standard or his expectations of how we're supposed to live and you know the consequences for us going outside of those boundaries and rebelling against God are, are devastating. But that's where the gospel is so incredible because what the gospel teaches us is that Jesus took the judgment that we deserved, right? I mean, he took, he took the punishment. He took the, the consequences upon himself and, and that is a display, on the one hand, of the justice of God that our sin is dealt with, but it's also a display of the love of God in that God provides a substitute, his own son, uh, to take the wrath upon himself that really we deserve. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there is a, you know, you, you look at this and, and and you have to understand. I mean, I think we 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 need to understand all of Scripture in light of the gospel, right? But I also I think that if God is perfect and if his and if his way is perfect, as you said earlier, Pastor Luke, then when we live in 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 His will, we live in perfection, meaning that when He enables us to live according to His word, then we have great. A joy we have we our life is good that's the way things should be when you stop doing that for instance for instance i can love my wife i can treat her well and then if i don't treat her well guess what 
the whole marriage gets shattered right there and then. It just takes one word, takes one act, and boom, it's gone. But God expects us to, to, be, to do it right all the time. One time, and you've, you've sinned, and you've fallen out of favor with him. We also fall out of favor in a lot of ways. So I see it as, as we don't understand that. We, we think that sin is the, the natural way of doing things, and being, perf- being perfected is the extraordinary way. But it's the other way around. Being perfected is God's way of doing things, and he's much bigger than better and more powerful than we are. And we're, when we stray away from him, we're, we're, we're out of, way, out of, way out of bounds, right? And I think that plays into it, too, because when you talk about God is perfect, and so if, if he allows imperfection, then he, then he fails to be perfect. And so if there's, if, <laughs> so when, it, when we talk about holiness and sin, if, if, the, if God doesn't judge sin, then he, <laughs> then he allows his holiness to be corrupted. But we see that God does, there has to be judgment for sin. Does that make sense? Yes, to me it does. Something else to me, it's like we, we need to understand that you know, we are we are the created right we our our existence is is not necessary like god chose to create and god himself is uncreated he is uncaused he is his existence is necessary he's always existed and you know if if we're going to ask well, well who gets to decide right from wrong and and who gets to I mean, it's certainly not us, right? So, I mean, I can't sit back and say, hey, God, that's not right, or hey, God, that's not fair. Um, and so I think that when we understand that we live in God's world, and God created us, then God has every right to to tell us what is okay, what is not okay, what's acceptable, what's unacceptable. And it's, it's, it's not like, I mean, the God of the Bible is not a God who says, Hey, if you step out of bounds, I'm going to zap you. And like, you're done. Now there are instances in the Bible where we see people are met with judgment very quickly as a result of sin. Um, like I think of Ananias and Sapphira, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty quick, right? I mean, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, they both, drop dead um but what you see over and over again throughout scripture is god is patient he is slow to anger he is he relents over disaster and and he warns his people and that's what the prophets were sent to the people of israel for to do is to warn the people and to encourage the people to do right and to obey the lord and 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 even when they disobeyed and even after they went into captivity God wasn't done with them, right? God continued to to show his grace, and we, we see that in, in Scripture. So it's not just a—God is not just a God who judges sin. God is also a God who forgives and is merciful and provided his son Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice. God is, God is love. Right, and, 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 and so— you know, we can take. You know, we can apply this to people who haven't turned away from their sin and need to repent and accept Jesus as their Savior. But I also think that that as uh, Paul said in Second Corinthians twelve, 
what happens to Israel is therefore to teach us how, how what God does and how God treats us. And in Hebrews, it talks about God disciplining us, right? So if if the if the nation of Israel had not experienced uh, all the tribulation they did, for instance, being t hauled off to captivity, they would no longer be the nation of Israel. They would just be a cosmopolitan, you know, co polygot uh, nation that got absorbed into the, the rest of Canaan, and they would not they would not have a history. They would not be the Jews because they weren't following God anymore. That's what happened, right? They stopped following God, and finally, they just they, God just hauled them all off. off. And when they got to Babylon, all of a sudden they decided to turn back to God and start praying to go back, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was doing a little uh, study on the day of the Lord it, myself, and, and it's it was interesting to see that the day of the Lord goes all the way back to the beginning of Israel's history and even to, even to uh, back to Genesis, basically, and the day, the day was when was Jesus working in in redemption, and it uh, it goes back to Exodus especially, and it was the day that they celebrated when God delivered them from the Egyptians, and the day wasn't necessarily a bad thing because it was God's deliverance from Israel's enemies, but then Israel gave in to the, the sin of their the foreign nations, and so the judgment was brought upon themselves. So I, I just thought it was interesting that the day of the Lord, I, I wrote down that the day of the Lord is an invitation to, it's an invitation to resist evil, because it was, the day of the Lord was, was judgment on evil, that purification. And so the day of the Lord was actually a, an invitation, like even here in Joel, to, to resist that, <laughs> to repent from that, to turn from that. But also, right. but also it, it's a, we look forward to the day of the Lord, <laughs> because that is when he will defeat evil once and for all. Well, we look forward to it if we're on the right side. Yeah? Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's the, depending upon, I mean, it could be a day of judgment or it could be a day of salvation, depending upon where you are in relationship to the Lord. So you think about Paul in First Thessalonians, I think it's chapter 5, where he says, God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we're believers, the day of the Lord is, is something we can look forward to. And, you know, well, well, as believers, we can look forward to the day and, and be rescued in, 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 you know, in that, in that ultimate day when Christ arrives. And that is one of the days of the Lord. But if we're believers and and we uh, turn away from him and start walking, for instance, you know, start, you know, we, we, we don't deal with the, with the issues in our family. Then wrath, the wrath of God is going to come down upon us. I think I don't think that we stress that enough. That when th bad things happen to us, as we disobey God, that is God's judgment on us. Would you not? Do you agree with me or not? Or am I am I too harsh about that? Would you restate that again? When bad things happen to us in our lives, in our families, in our community. When we walk in disobedience, in other words, we're not treating our wives right. We're we're lying, we're cheating, we're 
we're sleeping with other women, and then things, bad things start to happen to us, that is, that is God's judgment on us. It's not just, the, it's not just what we did, but God is, is, is letting us be judged and letting judgment ha happen upon us. And the darkness that envelops us is God sitting there waiting for us to turn back to him. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, we obviously have to be careful that we don't jump to the conclusion that every bad thing that happens to us is a, an instance of God's judgment. But if we have been rebelling against God, and as a result of our rebellion against God, bad things are happening, well, then yeah, I mean, those are consequences of our, of our disobedience. Right, I mean, but we can't, I mean, if a Category 5 hurricane levels New Smyrna Beach, you know, I, we, we can't conclude, oh, well, that was God's judgment upon New Smyrna Beach. I mean, we don't know that. Um, but we, we, we didn't have the word of God saying that. Right, but if, if, you know, if I go out drinking and, you know, I get myself drunk and I get behind the wheel of a vehicle and I um, cause a terrible accident and I do harm to myself and harm to others. I mean, it's it's a nat it, it is a it is an unfortunate consequence of sin, right? So so those bad things that happen are the result of my sinful behavior. That my sinful behavior has caused this devastation over here. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, we have the benefit when we read the Bible where you have the, I think, you know, one of the ways that, that like the, the so-called omniscient narrator, right? So the, the so-called omniscient storyteller who's telling us the stories that we're reading, you know, they're, they're cluing us into some things that, um, that we might not know, um, uh, that we wouldn't know otherwise, I guess. But but just because we see things in the Bible, we may not necessarily be able to say, oh, well, looking at our world today and say, oh, that is an example of God's judgment, right? I mean, we don't know that. Like like 9-11, right? The terrible attacks, the terrorist attacks of 9-11. I mean, to say, oh, well, that was God's judgment on America. Well, on what basis can we say that? How do How do we know that? I mean— no, I, I'm not talking about that. I'm ta what I'm talking about is, is if you know, if you know you're not obeying God, and your life is a mess, right? Then I think that the passage in Hebrew applies. For God says, it says that God disciplines us. Yeah. Well, that is darkness. That is judgment. Life is miserable inside your family. Your kids aren't doing well. Your wife isn't doing well. And you aren't doing well. Because you're not treating your wife right. You're you're cheating on her. You're sleeping with someone else, and I think that there's too much of it in our church that we 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 need that, and we need to challenge that. We need to challenge it as saying, if your if your life is a mess, then you better check in with God and say, am I obeying you, God? If I'm not obeying you, then show me what I'm not obeying you about. And it's pretty clear. We can we can get out the verses and we can tell you that sleeping with other women is not. Was wrong. Yeah, I think we have to be very clear, though, that 
Well, I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, that the Lord disciplines us because He wants to bring us back. So it's I think it is it's discipline, and and then just that idea of our the Bible is very clear that sin brings consequences. We have a choice, and there's there's a consequence for that choice. But I think that that we have to be careful too, because when Jesus died on the cross, He took the judgment for our sin, and so as a believer, I'm no longer being judged for my sins past, present, or future. Correct. So we have to, I don't, I, I don't have to bear the judgment. Jesus took the judgment for my sin. Well, you're not forgiven though. I, I, you know, I, you know, if someone, someone says, well, I, I know I'm going to be forgiven so I can keep on sinning. Um, well, Paul said in Romans, you know, what, what's the matter with you? And, and in first John, it says, if we say we, we don't sin, we lie. And if we are if if we are walking in darkness, which means that which is which is his metaphor for and, and I think for for sinning, then we need to confess our sins and then we walk in the light. If we confess our sins, then we walk in the light. So until we confess, we are in judgment. As a Christian, as far I'm I'm convinced of that. Why why would why would Hebrews say? You know, discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, right? Well, certainly, when we turn from our sin and we turn in faith to the crucified and risen Savior, Jesus, we are regenerate, we're justified. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we've passed from death to life. Yes. But we as saved, regenerate children of God, we still sin. And, you know, 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we do see instances like I think of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, where he's talking about the Lord's Supper. And evidently, the Corinthians, there had been some abuses of the Lord's Supper, and um, they experienced some temporal consequences or some temporal judgments as a result of their, their abuses of the Lord's Supper. And in fact, including dying, right? Yeah. I mean, in 1 Corinthians 11, um, verse 30, he says, that is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. Um, but if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So there are, I think, there are clearly temporal judgments that we can experience. And when we depart from, from God's design um we really put ourselves in 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 a precarious position now that doesn't mean loss of salvation like i, I really believe right. that i really believe that 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 scripture is clear that if we're truly regenerate we're truly saved there's nothing we can do to forfeit that salvation but but for the person who would say oh well you know, I can just go on sinning because I've already got salvation. That is not the perspective of someone who um, 
is is pursuing God's design. I mean, that, that's certainly not the perspective of somebody who is who is embracing actively the, the gospel of Christ. Well, more than that, you would agree that was also if someone is doing that, if they if they're deliberately sinning, and they say, "Well, I, you know, I'll be forgiven later. Uh, I can just keep doing this," then the, they they need to question seriously their salvation because when we're saved. We are now regenerate, and when we're regenerate, now we're going to start doing good, and we're start going to follow God. We're going to start confessing our sins. We're going to start repenting. We're going to come back regularly. We're not. We're not going to the sin and live in perpetual sin. I think they. I think they should question their salvation. Seriously, question whether or not God is working in their lives. Because if we're saved, God is working in our lives. We have to realize that God takes over our lives. And we now have God in us, and, and that's why we are doing what is right. Because it's God is what's doing the, what's right in us. It's not we. Yeah. Right? It's not we who does the right. It's God in us who does the right. right. Yeah. Matthew seven twenty one, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So our faith is a, is a working faith. And... Paul talks about it in Philippians 2, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you. So we are to work out our salvation. God is the one who's at work in us. And, you know, we, we, we're, we're, to, we're to practice it. So, but you know what? When we're not living by God's way of doing things, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised when we make a total mess of our lives, right? I mean, if, if we just think, oh, well, God's truth is just suggestions and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a perspective. If we treat God's word as unimportant and we don't live by it, we should not be surprised when what the end result of that is a total mess of our lives, right? Huh. I mean, I mean, there's a reason why God designed things the way he did and and when we live by god's design it doesn't mean everything's gonna be perfect i mean look at job right i mean there you go there's a good example of i mean you can fear the lord and be blameless and yet bad things can happen to you look at paul second corinthians chapter 12 you know a thorn in his flesh whatever that was i, I don't know um exactly what i don't know what that was that the thorn in his flesh was but i think he described it as a messenger of satan to torment him. Right. And he pleaded with the Lord to take it away. And the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you. So, so sometimes bad stuff happens to people who are living in faithfulness. And so we can't say, well, who sinned this man or his parents, but this man was born blind. No, I, I think that when that, when things like that happen is, and we have to check ourselves and so, so see if we're being obedient. And if you're not being obedient, then it's a period of time that God wants us to go through, as and and, and where He wants to show His perfection in us, when uh, our weakness and in our tribulations and so forth and so on. So I agree completely, but I I think the first thing you do is check, and say, you know, am I being obedient, or is 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 this happening to me because I was disobedient? And 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 if you know if it's a result of our sin then it's a consequence of sin, and we need to come back. Now, the consequence, if, for instance, if you sleep with another woman, and you do it enough, and your wife divorces you, well, it's a mess. Divorce is a mess. 
it's just a lot of fighting, a lot of anger, and a lot of this. And so if you turn back to God and you say to him, I'm sorry, I, 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 should, I, I, I messed up, and uh, I, 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 you're calling me back to you, then God will forgive. That's what the passages we've just been talking about say. God relents and he forgives, right? It does not mean the consequence goes away. Your marriage still is broken. You still have a mess of a marriage, but now you can at least go back and forgive. You can at least go back and try to make things work the best you can. And you can show God's grace in how you deal with your wife who's really, really angry at you and perhaps can even win her back. Not win her back in terms of terms of in terms of uh, reinstituting marriage. I'm just talking about winning her back to God. If she if she's not if she does if she is if she has not come back to God. Yeah, I think I think kind of the the topic I was thinking is it it comes back to the heart, and just like Joel says, rend rend your hearts and not your garments. And it's very easy for us to make our our walk with the Lord an outward thing and forget right. that our heart our heart is actually far from god yes definitely and and if we are genuinely saved like we've been talking about i think then the lord pricks our heart and says "Ooh," <laughs> he cuts down to the heart and not just the the outer layer yeah if you're truly walking with god then anytime we 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 stray then our conscience is really tender it should be really tender and we should say whoa I just blew it. I said a bad word there. I'm going to confess that. I'm not going to snicker and think it's wonderful what I just did. What we're talking about is extremely relevant. I mean, the prophet Joel, I mean, the original audience is long gone, right? I mean, they're, they're long gone. Joel is long gone as far as, you know, walking this earth. But there's 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 the timeless, the timeless truth of, you know, we wander and God is going to judge, and you know the call to return to the Lord is is a timeless call, right? I mean, we we need to hear that. And I think that's where, you know, when we gather for worship on Sundays, when we group for discipleship, I mean, what are we doing? I mean. We're worshiping the Lord. We're calling out to the Lord, but we're 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 getting together to hopefully encourage each other to continued faithfulness. And hopefully, part of that encouragement is if if we've gone astray, let's get back on track. Yeah, we corporately confess our sins, right? Yeah, you lead us. You a lot of times you will lead us in a prayer of corporate confession, and we need to do that corporately. We need to say, yeah. We're all sinned here today in the last week. We, we all need forgiveness right now. And you lead us in that, right? That's, that's why you do it, right? We, we, we need to individually, but also there's that, there's that corporate, you know, confession, yeah. Well, that's what Joel's talking about with the priest leading it, right, in the, in, in the passage? about you bring your babies and your kids and... Bring everybody. Bring them up to the front row. Bring it up the front row. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Right. They might be wandering around in front of you, but they're there for the corporate confession. <laughs> right. Well, it's a good example. I mean, you know, you know, when 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 a kid in in Sunday school is saying, you know, God, please forgive me because I sin. 
And if he happens to be sitting in church and hearing the rest of us say that, then he realizes it doesn't just happen in Sunday school, it also happens in church, right? Not just for the young ones, it's for the grown-ups too. I think the other thing is it's, to, it's important to recognize because we are sinful people, this is a, a daily, hourly <laughs> repentance is constant because we have not been yet perfected. And so we should always be searching our heart. Yeah. We don't, I don't think we have to dwell on it. I, 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 there's such a thing as false guilt too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we I don't want to... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Mope, mope around because oh, I'm a I'm a sinner. That's I mean that's that's not the full gospel. <laughs> we enjoy forgiveness, but I think the danger is that we uh, presume upon that that grace and that forgiveness, and that's that's where we just it's a it's a balance. It's a balance. It really is a balance. Yeah. Well, how do you tell the difference between false guilt and real guilt in your life, Joel? Give me an example or something of what you mean exactly. Yeah, I think I would have that question, too. So why don't you answer that, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I am feeling guilty about something, when, when I am feeling that, that, that maybe I'm doing something wrong, I, I need to examine myself and, and understand what I am doing wrong, what I'm not doing wrong. Well, for, for instance, if, if I, am, if I am, have had a conversation with a woman and I feel guilty about it afterwards, I need to examine to myself what is what is it that I uh, what is it I'm I guilty of? Am I guilty because I had a good conversation and I had a good relationship at that point and I had an impact, or am I guilty because I decided to make that per- woman an object and I want to want to control her and I want to take you know I want to want to have a sexual relationship with her? What is it? What is it I'm guilty of? And and I I don't know about you, but I sometimes I'll feel guilty like I just mentioned. And I realized, no, I didn't do anything wrong. If I did anything wrong, I'm God. I said, please, please help me, and please help me to, in this relationship, please help me to be always pure, always, always showing your love, and treating that woman as a as your woman is your daughter, and and help me to keep doing that. And then I don't need to feel guilty any longer. But Satan can make me feel guilty. Why? Because I'm a sinner. <laughs> And I have sinned in the past. So that can come back up again, and I, and I can feel like I'm not forgiven. But I was forgiven, and I am back on the path, and I am treating women properly now. Does, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think so. Do you understand? It, it, it seems to be subtle, a little subtle, but it, ain't, it isn't subtle. It isn't subtle when you're wrestling with it. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, I mean, I, I can relate. I mean, I, I certainly have times where, you know, I'll, you know, start worrying about or or thinking about even things from years ago that, you know, I mean, that were the actual sins that I've confessed to the Lord. And I, and, and, you know, I mean, if I believe scripture and I do that God's forgiven and yet, you know, I'll bring them back up or something will be a trigger point, you know, something, you know, will, will trigger and, and I'll remember things. Um, but, and there's sometimes where I think I can, I can feel like, okay, maybe something I've, I've thought or I've said, or I've done might've been, you know, it's like, there's that, you know, there's this thought of, Hey, did I do wrong? And so, you know, um, yeah, I think we have to, you know, 
they can be tough sometimes. I think it can be tough sometimes, and we sometimes do feel guilt. Um, you know, so I don't know. I guess for me, I if if I if I feel like I've said something I shouldn't have said to someone, you know, I, I hope I err on the side of just going ahead and apologizing. You know, because I don't know. I guess I'm going to err one way or the other. Err on the side of of you know. I mean. But but once you've apologized, then you don't have to apologize again, right? In other words, right. and that's, you've, done, you've said your apology, the person has accepted it, and you don't have to do it again. It's, it's when you feel you have to do it again, then you realize that maybe that's false guilt. And that's where, and I think that's, that's an issue. I mean, you know, that happens to, for me both vertically as well as horizontally. I mean, with God, that vertical relationship. But yeah, I mean, there's times where I sometimes feel like I need to, you know, whether it's an apology or something else, I... I I find myself, you know, I don't know, maybe it's my, my OCD. I don't know, but <laughs> which I don't actually have an OCD like diagnosis. Well, well, but it, it, it's, 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 it's not, I think it's, I think it's when your heart is tender that Satan come, come in and, and point to you and say, you know, you really messed up right. and you say, no, yes, Satan, I messed up, but God forgive me, get the, the get behind me. If I, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse him from unrighteousness. Satan, you cannot tell me that I'm not forgiven. Right. Right. Yeah. God doesn't God doesn't want us to live in with guilt. This this constant fear of did I am I walking right? I don't. I mean, I think the gospel tells us that we are we're forgiven. <laughs> yeah. But people will sometimes will come in. People along with Satan will sometimes will come our way. And say, well, you really messed up, and 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 keep keep digging at us on it. Right. Uh, if you were raised in an, an environment like I was, you guys probably weren't. You had great environments, but when you where people are constantly accusing each other of, of of being being sinful, pulling up Bible verses to point out how sinful you are, uh, you will tend to live in judgment on yourself, <laughs> and of course, judgment on others too. By the way, the one the first time when I start seeing myself judge others, and then I realize that I probably need to be, look at me, look at myself, um, and uh, that's probably where it starts from. Well, gentlemen, I think this has been a uh, good discussion. So thank you for um, thank you for your time. It's been good. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed it. All yeah, good. it's been good. And uh, God is great. God is faithful, is He not? Absolutely. He's Absolutely. a forgiving God because He relents yep. when we come back to Him. Amen. Yes.